Hello, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Out of Bounds. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Brown. And joining me, we have Dalton Bishop. What's going on? I'm doing well. And making his triumphant return after what seems like forever, uh, Christian Ernst. Christian, welcome back to the podcast. What is up, y'all? It's been how long have you been the last month or so? I know you've been busy with work, so I don't know how much you wanted to say, but what have you been up to the last month or so? I mean, you know, kind of putting nail on the head and just busy with work and uh, trying to figure stuff out with uh, my future and my work. So a lot of stuff's been happening, but, you know, it's been fun. It's been kind of relaxing. Uh, you know, school's over. I know y'all have graduated. I haven't. So that's <laughs> still kind of a bummer. Uh, but classes went well. You know, work's gone well. So. You know, we're just around the corner. 2023 is just around the corner, so I can't wait. Yeah, glad to have you back. And let's just dive right into, we'll keep it short and simple today, NFL, a lot going on. Last week, we had four playoff spots clinched. We have the 49ers, Vikings, and Chiefs clinched division championships last week. The Cowboys clinched a playoff berth. Um, and I'll real quickly just go back to our, uh, preseason predictions, and then I want to dive into at least one of those, how they clinched. Um, but 49ers, I was the only one that had 49ers winning the division um, this year. Vikings, Dalt, I'll give you props there. You were the only one to say Vikings for division champions this year. And the Chiefs, we all whiffed on that. We all had Chargers coming out of the West. We all picked the Chiefs, though, for wild card one. Um, so we, we had them in the playoffs. We just missed on them. They did not win. They did win the division. We were all wrong. It was not the chargers. Congrats to those teams and Cowboys, uh, straight up. I was the only one that had the Cowboys in the playoffs this year. So, uh, about I'm far from perfect. I have a lot of, uh, very poor predictions, um, to say the least. But I do want to start with the Minnesota Vikings, how they clinched the playoff berth uh, and the division title. They needed to win to clinch it. So Saturday, they last Saturday, they played the Indianapolis Colts. They're playing at home, and they go down 33-0 at halftime. And all hope is looking lost. Uh, but there's someone on the other side named Matt Ryan, who knows a thing or two about blowing leads. And again, it's not necessarily all of his fault. It could be, I mean, the defense did not do him any favors. And I mean, you didn't get much going yourself in the second half, Matty Ice. Um, but you're up 33 to nothing. And then slowly but surely, Minnesota just scores, cut the lead down. It's 36-14 after the third quarter. And then Minnesota just has three quick scores. They tied the game up. With a little over two minutes to go in the fourth quarter, didn't overtime goes all the way to the very end of overtime, and Greg Joseph kicks the forty-yard field goal to walk it off. Minnesota coming from behind, the largest comeback in NFL history, breaking the thirty-five to three, thirty-two point comeback by the um, Buffalo Bills against the then Houston Oilers, uh, led by ironically Frank Reich who was the former coach for the Colts this season, then gets fired midseason. A little uh, strange twist of irony there. But Minnesota, congratulations on um, the biggest comeback in NFL history. Uh, I'll go to Dalton first here. 
uh, your reaction thoughts on Minnesota completing one of the best comebacks ever. It was pretty terrific, I think. Um, when teams are, you think they're down and out, and they come back and, you know, absolutely just stun the entire world. Um, something that's something that's great to see. And so um, I think, you know, that just shows what uh, what great resilience, what a word. I uh, wish more people would use it, um, that they got. Um, the Vikings have at least, and uh, not quitting until until it's three zeros, you know, um, until game over. So, um, yeah, that's pretty great. Christian, your reaction to the comeback by the Minnesota Vikings to clinch the division? Man, that stinks. Um, we, you know, I, I traveled. Uh, over the weekend, and when I saw that this game was going on, you know, I was looking through uh, the inter- you know social media during my time uh, away, and I saw that you know the biggest frauds in America, and it was the Minnesota Vikings folks. I'm like, oh gosh, what's going on? And I saw Minnesota was down 33 nothing. I'm like, wow, like Jeff Saturday is about to win on a Saturday. That is going to be. <laughs> Internet breaking, just it, it's going to be the biggest news of the entire world. Colts with Jeff Saturday, one on a Saturday in a blowout fashion. Um, so I was kind of with him, like, wow, Minnesota is going to lose this game. And Minnesota's a 10 win team that's barely in the green with a point differential, you know, like Buffalo, Kansas City. Um, and a lot of other teams, Dallas, they're in, you know, they're in the green 70 and up, you know, somewhere over a hundred and point differential and Minnesota's barely getting by. So the fact that Minnesota came back and won showed how tough they were and just how bad the Colts are. It, it's sad that the Colts are really this bad. Uh, and poor Matt Ryan, man, poor Matt Ryan. Uh, he, I know he didn't, did he play in that game? I'm not 100 percent sure. If Matt Ryan was the starting quarterback. So the Colts. he, so he's had, he's been on a team with the two biggest chokes in NFL history. Like that has to be the worst thing in the world because you lose 28 to three. You know, you're up 28 three in the Super Bowl and you lose, and then 33 nothing against Minnesota, and like it, it's just terrible. And it wasn't like he had a terrible game. You know, his QBR was 31.4. It wasn't the best. But, like, you know, 19 to 33, 170 yards and a touchdown, was sacked three times. But, and they ran the ball well, even though, you know, Jonathan Taylor is no longer going to play this year. You know, Zach Moss did fine. But Minnesota came back and showed, yeah, we're we're not down and out just yet. So. Good for Minnesota, really, really poor if you are uh, a Minnesota or Indianapolis Colts fan. Yeah. Um, Also, earlier today, there was uh, breaking news. Uh, Ryan Tannehill of the Tennessee Titans likely out for the rest of the year. And they're currently leading the division by a game over Jacksonville. But Jacksonville owns the tiebreaker from winning the earlier season matchup. Uh, definitely a huge loss 
for the Titans. We get to see rookie Malik Willis out of Liberty. What can he do for the season? A Titans team that has lost four straight games, and you only put up 14 this previous week against the Chargers team, which, yeah, the Chargers have a good defense. I'll grant you that. Uh, but still, you rather have Tannehill than Malik Willis. Willis only threw four passes, uh, ran the ball once. I don't know how much when Tannehill exactly went down. But, again, the outlook looking like it's going to be Malik Willis. The next three weeks, you get the Houston Texans on Saturday. You get the Cowboys the following week on a, a short rest with Thursday night football against Dallas. And then you get the Jaguars. So it's going to be a tough uh, stretch for the Titans. You, no team's easy. I mean, to the Texans have only lost by uh, one score game the last two weeks, despite being huge underdogs according to Vegas odds. So I don't even know. I wouldn't even be surprised if Tennessee lost again uh, this weekend. Uh, it's, a, it's a tough look. Your team's already fired their GM, uh, and that game. I don't know what it, what their plan is with Vrabel, but if they were to lose three straight, the next three games, you would have ended the season on a seven-game losing streak. Um, it's not going to look good for the Titans. You were sitting at seven and three just a month ago, um, so it, it's going downhill fast for Tennessee. Um, and it, it just sucks for Tannehill because this might have been his last legitimate chance to be a starting quarterback. I'm not saying he can't latch on next year somewhere else, but he's definitely not the uh, the surefire starter whenever he goes, wherever he w- will play next year, whether it is Tennessee or elsewhere. Um, and honestly, thoughts and prayers, too, for a speedy recovery for Ryan Tannehill as well. Christian, Anything you want to add, your reaction to the news, Ryan Tannehill, season likely over? Uh, It's terrible, you know, because Tennessee, you know, a lot of people, including myself, um, thought Tennessee was a good enough team uh, to make the wild card. Uh, The AFC is just really good. The AFC East, you know, your your division, Spencer, (laughs) you know, the team, uh, the division with your team in it is doing really good right now. And Tennessee, right now they're barely in the playoffs. Right now they play Baltimore. I don't think they beat Baltimore. I don't think it'll be a closer game. Um, they're barely holding on right now to the uh, to the AFC South. Jacksonville is a fighting kind of team. Uh, we already know Houston's gone. Indianapolis could have been more of a fight if they didn't choke thirty three points, you know, down the drain. Um, you know, so it's going to be a very tough situation for Tennessee. Malik Willis, he's fine. He's had some good plays, and he looks promising. But I don't think as, you know, he, you know, this is his rookie year, obviously. I don't think he's going to lead them very far if they do somehow uh, steal the AFC South title. I w- will say they are going to be the biggest Jets fans you'll ever see in your entire life because they need the Jets to win this game. If Jacksonville does win this game, Tennessee has the Tennessee has the Texans. Now Houston, you know Houston only has one win, but they competed against the Chiefs last week. They competed against the Cowboys. They scared them twice. They scared the last two teams. Don't sleep on the Texans now. The Texans are probably going to have the number one spot. I think it's like eighty-seven percent chance they will have the number one overall pick in this draft. 
it's it's not going to look pretty. Seattle is could possibly be in that pick, but they may go into the playoffs, maybe. Um, but right now, it is just looking like Tennessee is holding on by just a tad bit string, and they need Jacksonville to lose because can Tennessee really win out their schedule? I don't think they can. I, I think te- I think the Texans game is going to be closer than what people think. I think the Cowboys are going to bounce back these next couple weeks and beat the Titans. And then Jacksonville, that may be for the AFC South title. That may be the championship match for the AFC South. And Jacksonville a li- is a lot more hot than Tennessee right now. For sure, for sure. Dolan, your reaction to the Tennessee Titans' Ryan Tannehill injury news? My reaction is pretty much the same. You know, I don't have any different feelings towards the Titans than any of you guys do. Um, I think it's just more like, you know, who's gonna who's gonna win the division now that Tannehill's injured? Uh, well, he was already injured to begin with, so now the Titans are like, well, he's not gonna play the rest of the year. Okay. Well, he was already injured to begin with, and he had to come in last game against the Chargers because I'm not even sure why, because Malik Willis was the one that was playing some of the game. I was watching it, and then, you know, Tannehill comes in and ties it up at 14 with the QB sneak. I was like, well, okay. Isn't he on a bum ankle? Like, he was already injured to begin with. So now they're going to say, oh, he's out for the year. All right. All right. Well, what about your timing? Maybe, I don't know. Is he, I, I guess you try to, I don't even know. You know, the, there's certain teams like the Jags who are making runs. You know, the teams late in the season that are trying to make runs in the playoffs, even trying to win their comp or their divisions within conference. And, I guess the Titans are in trouble now, you know? Like, you got Malik Willis. You drafted this man. And so, you know, it's it's Willis or die right now, you know? It's, uh, it's live free or die hard, essentially. What, quite, quite the movie reference. But um, it's going to be close uh, to, you know, who's going to win this division. Um, although the Jags, I will say, I think the Jags are playing pretty, pretty well. Uh, they actually, I didn't think that they would put up as big a fight as they did last week against the Cowboys, but I guess that's, you know, that I guess we should, or I should really look at how much I think of the Cowboys, you know, um, not to say that the Dallas Cowboys are bad, but. You know, when you when you go on the road like that, I guess I guess one might say, you know, if you're a Cowboys fan, you're you're thinking, well, we can go on the road against Jacksonville, out of conference opponent, and take care of business, right? Well, not exactly. You know, the Jags aren't exactly trash. You know, they have first round picks everywhere. They've been playing well all year. It's not to say that their record 
might tell you a little bit different story, but statistically they've been playing well uh, and, and, you know, been in their games. So I guess now it's like, it's a race to the finish and the, it might be in the Jaguars favor, which we were thinking before the season that it's not even Jags don't stand a chance. Well, that just goes to show you that anything can happen. All right. Next up, I will go over the clinching scenarios for this week in the NFL. Uh, they are as follows. Start with the NFC. The Eagles can clinch the division with a win over the Dallas Cowboys, uh, which we will preview that game later on tonight. Uh, but the Eagles, with a win, they clinch the division title. Uh, they also would clinch a first-round bye in home field advantage with said win uh, today as well. Uh, the Giants can clinch a playoff berth with a win, and then two out of the combination of three of Washington, Detroit, and Seattle. If two out of those three lose, and Washington gets or the Giants, excuse me, get a win, the Giants will clinch a playoff berth. On the AFC side of things. We have the Buffalo Bills. If they should win or Miami loses, the Bills clinch the AFC East again. Uh, the Bengals clinch a playoff berth if they beat New England or if the Jets lose uh, this weekend. Baltimore can clinch a playoff berth, and so can the Chargers, uh, but they need a few different things to happen. It's no simplistic, simple like, you know, they win and they're in. They need win and some losses by some other teams to clinch a playoff berth, but Baltimore and the Chargers can clinch a playoff berth this weekend. Um, New Orleans will be eliminated from playoff contention if they lose or if Tampa Bay, what, no, they, excuse me, they lose Tampa Bay wins. New Orleans will be eliminated from the division and playoff contention. Atlanta, same situation. If Atlanta loses and Tampa Bay wins, Atlanta is knocked out of playoff contention. Uh, a few other things there as well. The Colts, if they lose um, or the Titans win or Jacksonville wins, Indianapolis eliminate from AFC South title contention and a playoff uh, berth. So the Colts can be eliminated this week. Jets, there is a scenario in play where the Jets can be eliminated from the playoffs this week as well, but it's a little complex. They need five things to go right um, or wrong, or rather if you're a Jets fan, to be eliminated. Pittsburgh and Cleveland, if they simplistic, to keep it simple, if they lose, they're eliminated from playoff contention. Um, and Vegas, there's a scenario in play where they can be eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, last week, we saw the Cardinals and the Rams both become eliminated from the playoffs. Sorry, Dolan. Better luck next year for the Rams. And that will do it for the first half of the show. We will take a quick ad break. When we come back, we will do our recap, so stick around. All right, welcome back from the ad break. We'll start. We'll dive right in. Our favorite teams and how they perform. Uh, this is one of the hardest ones. I, I know people... If you're a longtime listener to the podcast, you know I'm a Patriots fan. You know that to react to the Patriots' loss. Uh, it was an embarrassing loss. Like, there's no simple way around it. 
Uh, I'm sure Christian Dalton enjoyed watching how that game ended. Uh, the misery that I suffered. Well, better actually, funny enough, I was not actually watching this game. I uh, I was I drove home. I was on vacation over the weekend as well, and I get back right before the game takes off or kicks off. Excuse me. I took a nap and I woke up when it ended. So I did not see any of this live. I just was after the fact reacting to people telling me about how the game ended. So let's just backtrack how we got to the end of the game. I have since seen some of the highlights. I try to avoid the last play. Uh, but the Raiders went off to an early start. They were hot early. It was 17-3 at the half. Matt Collins scoring a touchdown right before the half. Carr had three touchdowns over the game. Uh, but then the second half, a little bit different um, vibe there. You had Kyle Duggar with a pick six early in the half to get New England back in within a score. Then you had Folk scoring. Uh, in the second, in the, the fourth quarter, Nick Folk, another field goal. Ramondre Stevenson actually scores a touchdown with 343 to go to give New England a lead by seven. If I was watching the game, I would be utterly irritated with how it ended, though, because. With 32 seconds to go, Derek Carr passed to Keelan Cole. A little controversial because uh, some angles is a picture where Cole's toe is on the line, which would have made it out of bounds. Shout out to the podcast that you're listening to. Thanks for listening. Um, but the refs ruled it a touchdown on the field and then replayed to determine that there was no evidence to overturn it. It is what it is. I would Again, I would have been irritated had I been watching this. And then on the last play, they, they're trying to, I guess, play for overtime. Uh, but they hand it to Ramondre Stevenson. He pitches it back to Jacoby Myers kind of unexpectedly. Then it, I, get, I don't even mind the, you know, trying to lateral it necessarily. Even though it's a tie game, you should go down. And people can criticize that decision of, you know, let's play for overtime. You have it. Uh, the thing that irritated me was they try to lateral it to Mac Jones. And it's like, Mac Jones was not going to make a big play, and instead, former Patriot Chandler Jones with the quote-unquote fumble recovery because of it being a lateral, he picks it, he stiff-armed trucks Mac Jones to the ground, and he's off to the races, scores a touchdown as time expires. Horrible ending uh, in a game that was tied at 24. And again, I thought New England had a really good chance to win. I thought they would win. I thought, no, again, if they win, it's 8-6. and six. They might still be in the playoff picture. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but it was embarrassing. And Mac Jones played horrific. 13 of 31, only 112 yards passing. I mean, it, that was just pitiful on Mac. I, again, I didn't watch much of it, so I'm just judging based on the stat line. But, gosh, Ramondre Stevens is the only bright spot on this team with his 19 carries, 172 yards, and a touchdown. At least on the offensive side of things. Of course, Judon, who was named of the Pro Bowl earlier today, he's been fantastic um, all year. It was frustrating. And then you got you're on to Cincinnati, no pun intended, because they're actually literally on to Cincinnati. Um, I, again, I don't. I want this team to win out. Obviously, I ho- hope we can make the playoffs, but it gets slimmer and slimmer with each passing week. Uh, now we have a match between the other two co-hosts, the Rams and the Packers taking off. Uh, let's start with the losing side of things. Dolan, your perspective from the Rams Packers game this past Monday night. 
Yeah, Spence, I, I'm not sure why we started with my side of things, but, you know, we can continue. Um, what can I say? I was, I was telling, I was texting Christian halfway through this game. Was it not even halftime? Maybe, I don't know. It, it, it definitely might have been halftime. You text, you text, uh, I was like, six minutes left in the third quarter. Six left, yeah, six minutes left in the third quarter. I was like, this game is over. And I, I don't know. I've seen – it's been the same story too many times. You know, I've seen it way too many times. And, you know, there's some there's some books where you don't even need to continue reading. You already know what happens, right? And that's kind of what it was here, you know. Um, sure, going into the game, I was like, there's always a shot. You know, anything can happen. Always a shot. Um, and then we started playing football, and I was like, no way. Um, what can I say, man? Uh, it's it's the same old story. Um, Rams can't play in cold weather. It's historically accurate uh, all the time. Every, every year, it's happened since their existence almost. Um, you can you can go and look up the times that the that the that the Rams have played in Lambeau in November, December, even October or January. You know, all, you're you're basically just going to see a bunch of L's, okay? And that's not an indictment of their talent. It's just that they can't play in cold weather. They just can't do it. Warm weather teams can't play in cold weather unless you're San Francisco, which obviously the Rams are not. Okay, so they just they just struggle. That's all they they, they just can't do it. Um, and it's no fault of their own, but it's just something that they can't do. It's like it's like asking Buffalo to go down to Miami and try to win a football game. You know, it's two totally different temperatures on opposite sides of the spectrum, and it's hard to adjust to. It just is. And credit the Packers; they had a great game plan. And they were able to go through with their game plan. Um, and they just they just played better football. That's all they did. They played better football than the Rams did. Um, the Rams didn't do their job. They um, they weren't able to, to get the win. So um, as for the quarterback, you know, you come off a win Thursday, well, two, two Thursdays ago against the Raiders. Um, just to get just to get the Packers off a of bye in Lambeau and what felt like well, I believe at one point it was under twenty degrees, not including the wind chill blowing and all that stuff. It was seemed to like the temperature it was very, very, very cold. Um Baker's he was modest. I mean it wasn't he wasn't lighting it up or anything, but he was okay i would say um for a who he's throwing to and b who his offensive line consists of um their starting center played i don't even think he played a full quarter went out with a knee injury didn't come back ben skoranek who is the third or fourth string wide receiver well second after everybody else got injured didn't come back and so now you're basically 
I, I, I made this joke with the two co-hosts after the game was over, but it was, it's a, it's essentially the replacements starring Keanu Reeves on the football field. That's essentially what it is. Um, and I mean, it's just football, you know, next man up mentality. That's what they always say. Uh, and, um, yeah, I mean, that's how the season ended. I hate how it ended in Lambeau, but, um, you know, I, I, I wish that it would have ended maybe in Los Angeles instead of ending in a frozen tundra. Um, but, you know, that's okay. You know, you look forward to 2023 and people getting healthy. Um, see if they can see if they can make a run at it next year. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy that they, you know, kept kept playing football obviously kept playing football but you know what i mean it from like a different a different way from you know playing football keep fighting you know even though you know players get injured players aren't playing anymore and you know they were just able to you know keep doing what they were doing um season didn't didn't go the way we wanted to but that's all right um and I think there was only a few bright spots for the Rams too. Uh, I won't talk. I won't talk that much longer, Christian, and then you can gloat and all this other stuff. But um, um, I'm I'm glad. I'm glad that the Rams kept Leonard Floyd. Uh, he was doing his thing. He had what? Um, and uh, glad Cam Akers didn't fumble the football because he was having a fumbling problem the entire season. Um, actually totaled 100 yards at least. So good job to him because that hasn't happened all season either. Um, so those were the probably the only, the, were the few, if any, bright spots uh, from this season, let alone, well, from that path, from that game, let alone this season. So uh, I guess we'll, you know, we'll finish out the season. Um, I like to see what happens the next, the next few games. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much my my thoughts from from this past uh, this past week. So, all right, Christian, the flip side, the victor side from Monday Night Football, and again, it's been a while for you, so you can, if you want to, how the Packers have been lately. But your thoughts on Monday Night Football, Christian? Uh, it felt good to win. You know, uh, being away and watching my Packers struggle. Um, I don't think I was here when they lost to Detroit a couple weeks ago. So that was just very depressing, <laughs> losing to Detroit. Uh, but this felt good. You know, at the beginning of the year, we're like, oh, wow, this is going to be a really good Monday Night Football game. And <laughs> they're, like, going on in Monday. I was like, man, this game's going to suck. <laughs> it kind of was. It kind of did suck. Uh, you know, Green Bay won 24-12. It wasn't anything spectacular. Nothing majorly happened. Um, you know, we went out in the frozen tundra, and Green Bay is more familiar with the colder temperature than the L.A. Rams, who are, you know, sipping on martinis and living the – you know, good life, and in L.A. it's probably 75 degrees and sunny. They're not worried about Wisconsin weather, and they suffered, and, and I greatly enjoyed it. Um, 
just because a I want I would love to see Green Bay in the playoffs, but that looks more and more you know less the case, uh, less and less the case. How you say that? Um, it you know it's going to be a very tough mountain to climb. Uh, we need a lot of stuff to happen. We need to win out, uh, and I think we can. I think we could win out. It's not easy, but I think we could. Miami, you know, they're they're a struggling team as well. They have not offensively been the best team in the last couple weeks. Um, you know, they struggled heavily against the 49ers. They struggled against the Chargers. The Bills, it, it was a close game, but it's always the Bills, you know. The Bills play really close to their division for the most part. Um and I mean, Miami beat them earlier in the year, and they were very short coming uh, this past Saturday. So I, I think Miami can – I think Miami is beatable. Minnesota is going to be a very tough game. Um, can we revive the week one loss? I think that's going to be a very tough game, and that game will show, okay, we're in or out. If we do lose, we're out, no doubt about that. And then Detroit – you know, if it gets to that point where we're on a two-game win streak, or, you know, in this case, uh, what is this, four-game, you know, four-game win streak at this point, then, and if we beat Detroit, we could have a playoff spot. We could. You know, there's a lot of stuff that has to happen. Detroit needs to lose out. Uh, the NFC East has to just crumble. You know, uh, Seattle c- shouldn't compete, and a whole bunch of stuff needs to happen. But Green Bay could. You know, this was a good step in the right direction, beating Baker Mayfield, which is, you know, a woohoo moment because former number one overall pick, and he is absolutely trash, just like the Rams team. Sorry, Dalton, but it's true. Um, it, it just felt great. You know, it felt great. Christian Watson, besides the hot route uh, incident, what everybody was talking about after sun, uh, on Tuesday. Um you know, other than that, I think the team feels confident, and we're not going to win the Super Bowl. I, I can already tell we're not going to win the Super Bowl. But if we just get in the playoffs, and if we can upset Minnesota or San Francisco, that'd be awesome. You know, I think if we're in the playoffs, we're going to be a seven seed, and whoever number two is, I think Philly's going to have number one easily. If if we beat Minnesota, then it's definitely more than likely San Francisco may move up and that'd be awesome beating San Francisco after they beat us the no doubter as everybody in this podcast would be with the no doubter um but yeah it, it feels good to win and I, I enjoyed it I loved it and we gotta move on to Miami on Christmas Day all right next up game of the week we are excluding Vikings Colts because we discussed that comeback Earlier this week, uh, let's start with Christian. I know it's been a few weeks for you, so we'll let you pick the game of the week first. So, what was your game of the week for week 15 of the NFL season? It had to be Jacksonville Dallas, like that, that was the game of the week. Um, Jacksonville is a tough team, man. It's a tough team. I don't think you know, just like the Packers, they're not going to go far in the playoffs, but they are you know, tough as nails. They see that Tennessee is struggling. My, oh, not Miami. Uh, Jacksonville is just a game behind them. They're just one game behind them. Houston's been on a roll. 
And the Jets, they've been kind of lackluster the last couple of weeks. And they have Zach Wilson playing. Zach Wilson is not the best quarterback. Trevor Lawrence, though, is coming through. He really is. It, the game feels slower to him. He had four touchdown passes. Um, Trevor has really come into his own. He's still not, you know, the top five quarterback. Everybody thought he was going to be the second he got into the league. You know, if you ask Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay, Trevor Lawrence should be a 20-time MVP before his 25th birthday. Like, seriously. They, they thought he was the GOAT he, before he even caught in NFL football. It, it was just like, holy hell. But Trevor learned after Urban Meyer, it's not a fun league. And, you know, Jacksonville kind of struggled early. And then they're coming into itself. And I, I think it would be great for Jacksonville to get into the playoffs this year. And, like I said, they're not going to win. I think they're going to get bounced early. But Trevor has really come into his own. The offense looks a ton better uh, under Doug Peterson. It, it's absolutely incredible. The defense is looking fiery as well. On the other side of that, Dallas really loves to shoot itself in the foot. Like, like legit. You play probably the two worst franchises in the AFC, like overall, not this year, just overall, in the Texans and Jacksonville Jaguars. And you still – you find a way to somehow beat the worst team in the NFL this year in Houston. And you go into overtime. Like, you're a 10-win team. You should absolutely dominate Jacksonville. And Jacksonville competes with you. They put you in overtime. And Dak Prescott, 10 interceptions since he's come back in week seven, I believe, which is the most out of any quarterback in, in that span. And it's not like – you know, up in it's not a 50-50 interception. When we got 50-50 ball, you know, it could be is a good catchable ball, but also defender is defending really well. It is a bad throw under pressure, second and 16. It was terrible. It was a terrible interception. And Dak is not playing smart football. He's trying to make the play. He's trying to do this. Dak, you're not Patrick Mahomes, okay? You're not Josh Allen. That's fine. Beat Dak Prescott. You know, if, if a drive is not going well, don't you don't have to force it down the field. I think it was in the third quarter, so you're not going to lose the game in this situation. Just try and get what you can. Try to get eight yards, half of it back, and then go from there. You don't need to take a shot down the field if there's nothing there. You know, so Dallas is just, you know, just stuttering right now. And Philadelphia is just laughing their butt off. Like, Philadelphia is about to play the Dallas Cowboys. And they're like, you struggled against the two worst franchises in the league, and we own them. <laughs> like, Philly would, Philly owns them. Like, they own Jacksonville, and they own Houston. It wasn't close in those games. And Philly is looking like the team in the NFC East, and I don't know how far Dallas is going to go in the playoffs this year because they're going to get a high wildcard spot because the division is just super packed. So – they're going to play a probably a Tampa Bay, right? They're going to play an NFC South team. Oh, so whether that's no. Tampa Bay, whether it's Tampa Bay, Carolina, whoever they play, they're probably going to win that game. But how far do you really think they're going to go? Super Bowl? Super Bowl aspirations? I don't think so. So I think it was the game of the week just because of how awesome Dallas Cowboy haters 
I love the game, Stephen A. Smith. And Jacksonville is really is still alive because of that, and they could they could wind up winning the AFC South. Yeah, Dog, what was your game of the week this past week? It's a great question, Spence. After thinking about it a lot, because there's a some great games from this weekend. After really thinking it over, I got to go with the Chiefs and the Texans. Shout out to my buddy Tommy, fellow UT student, also Texans fan. Put up a real fight this past weekend. And uh, I got to say, I was like, I was kind of impressed. I mean, we're talking about, we're talking about the mighty Chiefs guys. They're like, oh my, almighty Chiefs. Like, they can go into anybody's house and beat the crap out of them. No. Not Houston, baby. I mean, we're talking about a Texans team that has only won a single game all year. And they gave the Chiefs a real scare. Oh. That's insane. Although the Chiefs were still able to win this game, it took overtime for the Chiefs to win this game. And that's saying something. That's a real effort from Houston. And you can't help but give them a round of applause for, you know, playing their butts off. You know, they've, they're by far the worst team in the NFL. Uh, Record-wise and roster-wise, they just don't have enough to compete. Well... We can shoot that down right now. They don't have enough shore, but they still compete to the best of their ability and give themselves a chance to win a football game every single week. And there's a real honor in that. So I I gotta say that was that was definitely my game of the week for sure. All right. For me, my game of the week. I'm going to go with Sunday Night Football, Giants and Commanders. Two weeks after playing to a tie, a game that came down to the very end. And if we had got a Washington touchdown in overtime, you would have had two games tied at 20 after regulation. And it, people would probably be rooting for a tie in this scenario. Two games, 20-20 all. Um, that was sadly not the case. Um I mean, the Giants looked really good. Kayvon Thibodeau trying to make a late surge for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, this year, he had a fumble recovery touchdown, only a yard, but, you know, he got a touchdown out of it. Uh, Saquon had a touchdown in the second quarter. Jahan Dotson, he had a game, four receptions, 105 yards, including a touchdown in the third quarter. Um, yeah. And, again, you had some field goals. It was 20-12. to 12. The Giants, Graham Gano, case a field goal. A little under two minutes. And then Heineke leaves a great drive. They get within the five-yard line. I think they're at the two or three. Um, they snap it. Brian Robinson appears to score a touchdown. But upon uh, further review, they refs threw a flag for Terry McLaurin not being set up, despite replay appearing to show that McClure looks over to the ref, and it's pretty common if you don't know this, 
for receivers to look over to the referee, give a thumbs up to make sure they're lined up properly so they don't get flagged. And then uh, it appears the ref signals okay, like, hey, you're you're on the line, you're good. And then immediately when the ball is snapped, the ref reaches for the flag and throws it. So I don't know if there's any insider information, like if there was a if they deliberately said that to try to screw over Washington, I'm not going to speculate on that front. Uh, but it's pretty terrible that you're going to tell a guy he's set up and then throw a flag immediately, like you know he wasn't set up. Now again, not, maybe I'm reading too much into it. And again, I'm not saying the refs cost the game because Washington still had a chance um, to win the game. But that play in particular where Brian Robinson scores, uh, again, Commanders fans have a reason to gripe here, I think. Uh, if you want to. And then the next play, Heineke throws to the end zone uh, to believe it was Dotson and no pass interference was called. And I think it was a 50-50 call. You can make it either way if you wanted to. Um, but Washington has, I mean, again, if you are a Commanders fan and you think they got a hose, I mean, frankly, you have a, a gripe there. You have a legitimate reason to be mad. Um, but it was still an overall fun game. Washington made it competitive at the very end, but New York uh, surges. They take a game lead, uh, and Cowboys fans were rooting for the Giants because the Giants' win helped the Cowboys clinch a playoff berth. Uh, Commanders still in the playoffs because of that tie. They're half game up on teams like Seattle uh, for the playoff position. So we can still, with three games left, we have all four teams in the NFC East has a playoff team. I'm rooting for that scenario. I think it'd be fun. It'd be hella fun to see the entire division in the playoffs uh, this year. But yeah, Giants Commanders, my game of the week. Most impressive performance from the week. Let's start with Dalton. Dalton, what uh, was your most impressive team player performance from this past weekend? Yeah, it was the Jacksonville Jaguars. We talked about them earlier. The regards to the division race, but let's talk about the game that they played at home against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Cowboys blowing a 21 to seven lead. Um, not great, Bob, not great. And I gotta say, I was utterly shocked, um, that, you know, Dallas, led by Dak Prescott and C.D. Lamb and that great defense. You know, we've heard nothing but great things about a doubt that Dallas Cowboys defense all season long. Um, but you can't take care of business against the Jaguars. And now I get it. You know, maybe Dallas is feeling that extra pressure. Like, oh, my gosh, dude. We have to win this game. Like, there's there's pressure right now, you know. there There's some Super Bowl hype around this team. Like, we're good, and we know it. And the Jags are like, dude, we're playing with house money right now. Like, we got, like, a first-year head coach um, for this franchise specifically. Um, Trevor Lawrence, who's in his, first, his second year, I think, guys. Can anybody confirm yeah. that? Yep. Um, we're playing with you. I mean, we got Zay Jones on the outside, um, Christian Kirk, 
You know, on the defensive side, you know, there's – I think I, there's only a few players I can name. Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, maybe a couple others. Like, from an outsider perspective, this should tell you all you need to know. Like, there's been more hype surrounding the Cowboys this season than I don't even know what. And so the fact that Jacksonville – was able to overcome that 21 to 7 deficit to come back and win in overtime off a of pick 6 mind you um pretty terrific way if you're a Jaguars and an NFL fan uh that was a pretty terrific ending um I'd be pretty mad if I was a Cowboys fan but anywho um that was pretty impressive now you know you could say well Dalton 21 to 7 that's that's only 14 points what about the minnesota vikings okay what about them that was a pretty impressive feat too i mean i'm sure somebody on this podcast was going to mention that in their most impressive uh slot okay we don't like redundancy here on the out of bounds podcast all right so i'll take the bullet here and i'll talk about the jags and I look forward to one of you two talking about the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> now, Spence, I'm looking at you because I know as sure as hell Christian won't. So, um, yeah. I mean, for me, looking at this game statistically, I thought Trevor Lawrence only throwing an interception and only having – or only getting sacked one time, that's huge. I mean, that's huge. And Travis Etienne, you know – uh, going for over 100 yards on only 19 carries. Zay Jones having a day. I mean, good for him, man. Three touchdowns, over 100 yards receiving. Um, we love to see it. Uh, and, you know, I do have some burning questions about the Cowboys. You know, you pay all that money to Dak Prescott. And, you know, when you have a quarterback that's, you know, making Patrick Mahomes money, you're kind of expected to win those road games. You know what I mean? I mean, that's kind of the expectation when you're getting that all that all that uh, cash. Um, so I guess that's the burning question. You know, that's, you know, C.D. Lamb had a day, and you're wondering, you know, maybe they, they give him more targets. You know, he only had – he had seven, seven targets. Guys, he had seven catches. So he caught everything, every every target. And so, you know, you can't help but think maybe he should get 10 or more targets. Because um, you're looking at this roster and it's like, well, didn't they just sign T.Y. Hilton? Like, isn't T.Y. supposed to make an impact for this offense? I don't know. You know, the next guy you're looking at is Noah Brown. Noah Brown. Anybody ever heard of Noah Brown? Like, Noah Brown had nine targets. So you mean to tell me that Dak Prescott – Trust Noah Brown more than he trusts C.D. Lamb. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I heard nothing but outstanding things from C.D. Lamb coming out of college. I mean, we're talking like just absolutely no doubter. Like Jerry Jones saw this guy available mid mid to late first round and was like, I'm taking him with when I still had Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper on my roster. So that was kind of confusing to me. Um, but, you know, kudos to the Jags. I mean, that was terrific. 
That was a terrific performance. Um, absolutely great. All right, Christian, your most impressive performance from the previous week. It had to go to the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Cincinnati did not have a good first half at all. Uh, the very first drive was an interception thrown by Joe Burrow. It was 17 nothing, with about five seconds left in the first half. Uh, kicked the field goal right at the end of the second quarter. So it was 17 to 3. Like Tampa Bay, you know, Tom Brady, they weren't, you know, exploding. They weren't the best team ever. But, you know, he was solid. He, you know, he passed all over the Cincinnati Bengals defense and had a fine game. And Cincinnati in the in the second half, it was a tale of two halves. It really was. Because in the first half, Cincinnati could not do anything. And in the second half, they they couldn't be stopped by anything. Tampa Bay could not stop the Bengals offense. Turnover after turnover after turnover for Tampa Bay. And it screwed them. Tampa Bay was so close. Getting that seventh victory advancing their lead in the NFC South in one of the worst of it. It's the worst division in football. Um, You know, the the Souths are terrible, but I would say if I have to pick one, I would have to say the NFC South. Like, you you have the Panthers, you have the Saints, and the Falcons, they're beating each other. They don't know what's really going on. Like, we know Texans are bad. We know the Colts are bad. It's really a two-team race. The last, let's see, the last place team technically in the NFC South, when you look at the playoffs, is in fact the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons could possibly win the NFC South because of how bad it is. Okay, the worst team in the NFC, in the AFC South, Houston Texans, they're going to have the first overall pick. The Indianapolis Colts are also. They are not eliminated, but they are pretty much going to be in weeks to come. They are on the verge of elimination. Those are the two worst teams in the AFC South. The NFC South, the two worst teams, have a shot to be in the NFC. The NFC South champions. Cincinnati Bengals, it, it's, that's a tough division. Baltimore's tough. Cleveland's still alive, even though it's very hard for them to win. Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh. They're, they're going to fight to the very end. Bengals needed this win because Baltimore is so up and down. Baltimore just lost to Cleveland 13-3. They don't – there's not a team that's standing above the rest in the AFC North, and Cincinnati needed to have this win, and I'm glad they got their 10th win. So I think the most impressive team is the Cincinnati Bengals really coming alive in the second half, beating the GOAT Tom Brady – and Cincinnati is just a little bit, has a little bit more of a cushion in the AFC North. All right. For me, contrary to what Dolan thinks I'm going to do, I'm not going to say Minnesota. I'm going to go with uh, Brett Rippon and the Denver Broncos for my most impressive. I-, I get they played a Cardinals team that was on eventually their third string quarterback because McCoy goes down, so McSorley is uh, stepping up to play quarterback there. Uh, but Rippon's the backup to Russell Wilson, so that uh again third string versus second string, a little bit of a difference there. But again, he did just enough. Obviously, you know Latavius Murray gets a lot of carries 
goes 24 for 130 and a touchdown. Marlon Mack, another rushing touchdown. Rippon did have a touchdown pass to Eric Tomlinson. Um, but Denver's offense looking good now. Um, not good, really, but they're looking better with Rippon in at quarterback. And again, they played Arizona. I'm not reading too much into it. Denver still sucks. Arizona sucks. Uh, it was two terrible teams, but Rippon was able to at least have a good game. Uh, so I'll give him his flowers here. Brett Rippon, most impressive performance from this week. On the flip side, least impressive performance. And I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens offense uh, specifically because their offense, I mean, that, again, I, I think just last week I was, don't correct me if I'm wrong, I was praising Tyler Huntley because of a late game drive that he had against, uh, no, it was two weeks ago when they played Denver, but he, he did just enough last week against, um, you know, Pittsburgh, it was only eight and 12, only through 12 passes. Um, but that offense, it's bad. They need Lamar Jackson back. Uh, even with Lamar, the offense was still, it was fine. Not great. Uh, but yeah, this team is just really bad without Lamar Jackson. Cincinnati is probably win the division because of the injury to Lamar. And I hate it for Lamar because he is set to be a free agent. So you could use the argument of, you know, he's injury prone if you want to, because it is the second straight year that he will have missed substantial time with an injury. Um, but also you can look at it on the flip side, if you're Lamar and say, look at how you're doing when I'm not playing the office can't score. Um, and we've seen it time and time again. And they put up three points against Cleveland. I mean, Deshaun Watson, he was fine. 18, 28, 161 yards. Um, in Huntley, 138 passing yards, one interception. Again, it's their offense just was not getting anything going. And for that, that is my least impressive performance from the week. Dolan, your least impressive performance from week 15. I'm not going to lie here, Spence. I was going to go with the Ravens. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I was uh, doing some thinking. And I think I'm going to go with time management. Okay, that's uh, something that is pretty least impressive. And here's what I mean. Um, I hate to do this. I don't want to be that guy. But Spence, we got to talk about that last play of the game. We got to talk about it. I mean, that was... You probably do not want to remember that ever. But... You got three seconds left on the clock. Just kneel it and go into overtime. But instead, uh, you you run the ball, and then you lateral it, and then you lateral it again. I was absolutely shocked, like floored, that they that Patricia even tried that, dude. Like, I felt bad for every single Patriots fan in the entire world. Dude, I don't even... The word sports cannot explain. Like, that was just... That was so unimpressive to me. Uh, I don't even know if that's a word. But it was just... It was just ridiculous. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. 
Like, he actually tried that with three seconds left. And they said after the game was over, the game plan, the game plan was to go down. Okay, what? I'm sorry. Did you say the game plan was to go down? You mean to tell me that this this dude ran the ball up the middle and kept running and did not do the game plan? So he wanted extra. So let's get some extra yards. Okay, even if you, after you get the extra yards, go down. Nope. Nope. We're going to lateral it to, to, to uh, Jacoby. Jacoby's like, yep. The game plan was still to go down. Okay, take a knee. Go down so we can go into overtime and actually have a chance to win this game. Nope. Let's pass it back. Okay. Spence, you mentioned earlier, what is Mac Jones going to do with the ball? Is he a playmaker? No, he is your quarterback. Not saying that quarterbacks can't be playmakers, but, dude, you're talking about Mac, Mac Jones right here. No offense to Mac Jones. And, Spencer, I know he's your quarterback. He is. I don't think he's going to run, you know, outrun the entire Raider defense. This might just be me, but I didn't think that that was going to happen. And... uh that was just poor time management. I just, they just could have been handled better. That entire whole sequence could have been prevented. If we get into victory formation and make good use of our time and kneel, that's it. The whole thing could have gone away. You could, you could have won that game if you'd just taken knee. That's it. That is it. You could have had a chance. But instead, you pull some shenanigans like that, and it cost you the game. That is a... I'm not going to lie, dude. I don't know what your thoughts are regarding the staffing, but that's a fireball offense. Sorry. I was texting after the game. Some people ought to be cut. That is a fireball offense. Um, if my team would have done the same exact thing, I would be saying the exact same thing as I'm as I'm saying right now. So, yeah, you know, I was going to talk about the Ravens and how they should give J.K. Dobbins more carries instead of letting Tyler Huntley throw the ball 30 times and only giving J.K. less than 15 carries, even though he had 125 yards rushing the ball. J.K. could have ran for over 200 if they would have given him the ball like they were supposed to. But I wasn't going to talk about that, but, but, but I'm not going to talk about that now. Let's just talk about that incident that we just talked about, that I just mentioned regarding the Las Vegas and New England football game. So that was my least impressive. The use of time management in crucial, crucial situations. There we go. All right. Christian, your least impressive performance from the previous week. Not going to lie, I was also going to say Patriots and Raiders. I'm like, <laughs> you, you kind of get that, Spencer. Like, that was absolutely terrible uh, by every single page in the book. <laughs> um, I think the least, like, the performance I just was not the biggest fan of, uh, it was definitely the Eagles. And the thing is, like, the Eagles did fine. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts did okay. You know, he did okay. In the passing game, he was 22-37 with two interceptions. 
but he ran the ball 17 times and got three touchdowns. So it kind of cancels itself out, but at the same time, it doesn't. Um, this is one of the worst teams in the NFC. Justin Fields is an absolute dog. He's a great playmaker, and everybody knows, okay, Chicago, you got your quarterback. You just need to build around him. So this free agency, this draft, you really got to build that offensive lineup. You got to get him some weapons and maybe and maybe a defense that can help him compete possibly in the NFC North in the future. Um, Philly, you only win by five against one of the worst teams in the NFC and a team that I am very confident in saying that, yes, they are eliminated from playoff contention. They are trying to play spoiler for everybody. And, you know, you got the win, congrats, but you shouldn't have competed with Chicago. You know, if this was Minnesota, if this, you know, well, Minnesota, you know, we all know Minnesota. But if this is a better team in the NFC or just a better team overall, then it's like, okay, you won by five, good job. But this is the Bears. This is not a great team by any means. And you struggled. Jalen struggled in the air and all shoulder injury. Okay, whatever. He shouldn't have played then. Garner should have played after that. But, like, you, you put Jalen out there and it's a, you know, their pass rush ain't the worst pass rush in the world. And he got hit a bunch. He, he was only sacked one time, but he was still getting hit around. Uh, the offensive line did not have their best day, but at the exact same time, you know, this is not a great football team. This isn't by any means. And you only win by five. You know, Chicago scores a touchdown, just a late touchdown. Wow, Chicago upset the number one seed in the NFC. And that's just not right, man. That's just not right. That's not how you should play. Um, so, I mean, congrats. You won barely, but disappointing. Disappointing win. Not fair. Fair. Uh, biggest surprise of the week or, you know, season, whatever, how you want to do this one biggest surprise. Uh, let's go Christian. You first, your biggest surprise. Um, it, I mean, going back to this again, um, seeing that Jacksonville beat Dallas, it like, it was just a biggest surprise because Dallas should handle this team. They should have handled Jacksonville swiftly and easily and they didn't. So it, it's, it's such a surprise that Jacksonville is really competing and really trying to get to the playoffs, and Dallas just kind of allowed it. All right. Dolan, your biggest surprise? Uh, the amount of 17-point leads that that were uh, blown this past weekend. Um, there were three 17-point leads blown, gentlemen. Um. That is the most in one weekend in NFL history. Quite the stat that was that was shown on TV. And I got to say, that was, you know, we could have used that for most impressive. But that was my biggest surprise. You know, I didn't think that that was going to happen. And it was surprising that it did. And I'm kind of happy that it did. You know, we're talking about the Vikings. We're talking about the Jags. At one point, we're down. I believe the Jags were. Ooh, uh, we're talking about Cincinnati Bengals. Um, talking about a few teams. Like, there were three games, and yeah, 
Don't ever trust a 17-point lead because it can be erased just like that. That is the lesson from my mouth. 17-point leads, always watch for them because, you know, I guess in that instance, you just got to run it up. Like that's, you know, you can't just run the ball and I guess just ask the Falcons or the Colts how they feel about it. They had larger leads than that. Um, yeah, that's insane. That's insane. One weekend. Jeez, that's that was awesome. All right. For me, my biggest surprise was the amount of close games that we had this weekend. All of the one score, all the 1 p.m. games were settled by one possession. And then I saw the stat on Twitter via Lauren Helmbrecht. She's a reporter in Wisconsin uh, covering all the teams up there. The Packers 12-point victory over the Rams, sorry, Dalton, on Monday Night Football was the largest margin of victory in the NFL for Week 15. 12 points, largest margin of victory. Like I said earlier, all the 1 p.m. window games on Sunday Settled by one possession, excuse me. Um, yeah, you have Thursday Night Football, eight-point game. You had the 10-point game, the Browns over the Ravens. Because like I mentioned, the Ravens have no offense. And then you have Broncos by nine, Bengals by 11. But yeah, the Packers win by 12. All the games settled by less than two possessions. Uh, so yeah, if you love football... You had a hell of a week in a lot of games um, that were very fun to watch, to say the least. But now we'll shift gears to our preview for Week 16. It's hard to believe we've made it to Week 16. Only three weeks left. Uh, we won't preview this game, but it does start with a very underrated matchup, Jaguars and Jets, which we definitely laughed our ass off when the schedule was released. About that game, even probably a few weeks ago, we're like, this game is going to be terrible. Um, but both teams still in playoff contention, so uh, you might want to tune into that game. But we will start 1 o'clock p.m. on Sunday, or Saturday, excuse me, because of Christmas Day being on Sunday. We have a lot of games on Saturday. We do have three Christmas Day games and a Monday night game, so a lot of football um, almost every single day. This week, again, two straight Saturdays that the NFL is utilizing the schedule. But Bengals-Patriots, Saturday, 1 p.m., up in Foxborough, Massachusetts. And it, I just, I can't sit here and just be a homer and pick New England to win every single week. And I just can't. I'll last weekend it. Um, like, they, they looked horrible most of the game anyway. I know they beat Arizona two weeks ago, but they have their offense is just not clicking at all. I I don't know if it's Mac Jones. I want to give him some benefit of the doubt because I mean, frankly, Matt Patricia is horrible as a play caller on the offensive side of the football. Uh, it's just it's a mess. The offense is uh, defense. I think can slow down Burrow a bit, but him you get Mixon involved, you get T Higgins, Jamar Chase if he plays. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a bloodbath. It may not even be close. I, I gotta go Bengals. Like I can't uh, again. I want to be wrong as much as anyone here, but 
the way the offense is going, it's just trending towards New England losing the last three games, finishing seven and ten. Uh, it's embarrassing watching this team play week in and week out. I just wish they would show something. I I'm not even opposed to Bailey Zappi at this point. Like, just do something that can catch this night off guard. And maybe maybe he is playing Bailey Zappi. It, it's gonna be all ugly. Like, if one of you guys pick the Patriots. Uh, that's bold of you because I am going Bengals and I don't think it's gonna be close, really. Uh, but Dalton, how do you see Bengals and Patriots going down? Yeah, I'm also gonna take the Bengals as well, and you know, here's here's why I think Joe Burrow is playing great football right now. I think their entire team is is they've got they've got great confidence. Um, Spence, I think your team's gonna get burrowed, and I'm not talking about I'm not talking about the active when animals make holes or tunnels uh, for use as a dwelling. No, I'm talking about Joe Burrow. I'm talking about Joe Burrow going off. And that's a, that's a real possibility this weekend. And uh, it's the sad reality that we have to live with, but not for Bengals fans. They're, they're for it. Um, yeah, Spence, you said it's not close. I'm in the same boat with you. I think the Bengals have a great team. And for Super Bowl runner-ups last year, they're coming with a vengeance. So everybody in the AFC needs to watch out because they're taking no prisoners. And we should have seen it last week. Last week, guys, I mean, they were down early. That did not phase them whatsoever. And albeit it was against Tom Brady's Bucks, but... It was against an NFL team. So, yeah. Give me the Bengals. By, I don't even know what the spread is here. I haven't looked at it. But, I would say, by at least a touchdown, give me the Bengals. All right. Chris, you see Bengals and Patriots going down. Well, the spread is by three for Cincinnati. Um... And I think I'm going to take it. Like, Cincinnati is playing really good football. They ended, uh, you know, Tampa Bay, they ended the game on a hot streak. Uh, they played really well towards the end. Um, obviously, they can be a lot better. But at the end of the day, I, I mean, New England, especially how their game ended against the Raiders, that is going to be on the minds of every single player. Oh man, like we really killed ourselves, and now we have to go play against really good teams when we could have beaten the Raiders, and everything would have been fine. It would have been okay, and the AFC chance and you know AFC playoff chances weren't going to be that bad. But I don't know, man. Like it, it really does sting that you know the Bengals. I mean, excuse me, the Patriots are going to go down this route, but. It, it's Bengals by 100. Like, I think the Bengals take this game. Yeah. Next up, we have the Seattle Seahawks, who, you know, just earlier they named Pro Bowl. They have Pro Bowl quarterback Geno Smith. And Seattle will be taking on the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. Uh, the line currently is KC by 10. Although KC has not covered. They were 12, 14-point favorites last week against the Texans. 14. 14. Thank you. And they did not. They went to go to overtime there. So I think 
Kansas City, they're playing pretty lackadaisical lately. I think Seattle could hang around for a bit. Um, but it's, again, it's Kansas City. They should easily win this game. And, uh, like I said, I'm not going to bet against Mahomes. So he's at least getting Ws. Uh, whether they cover or not, that's for the gamblers. And if you want to spend money, so be it. That's your prerogative. I'm not going to stop you. Um, but, again, I'm picking Kansas City. I think the Chiefs, um, you know, they've already locked the division up because of how bad everyone else in the division. And I think Kansas City, they're gunning for, uh, you know, their one seed. So I think he is going to take the dub this week. Dalton, how do you see this game going down? We're in the same boat again. Kansas City. Give me Kansas City to win this game. Um, you know, I don't want to have to repeat anything that you just said. Um, so, I'm, you know, it's same thoughts. Um, I think the one seed's the only thing that they have left to even try to achieve. Um, yeah, they're tied with Buffalo. Right you mentioned. Buffalo has the head-to-head. Yes, they do. Um, but, yeah, Seattle, you know, going halfway across the country. Yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take Seattle. Or, not Seattle, but, you know, Kansas City. Um, it's supposed to be really, really cold, so... How 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 the uh, running games fare and the passing games fare? That'll be something interesting to watch out for, in my humble opinion. But yeah, no, I'll take the Chiefs. All right, Christian, how are the Seahawks and Chiefs going down. You know, Seattle has not played the best fo- their best football in the last several weeks. Um, losing to the Panthers, losing to the Niners, uh, barely beating the Rams, losing to the Raiders in a shootout to the Bucks, They've only won one game in their last five. So they are not hitting the best strokes right now. And their playoff chances are dwindling. You know, they got Kansas City this week, obviously. They got the Jets next week, which is going to be a really good, you know, really tough, good game. And the Rams, they're probably going to win that game. Um, I'm saying the Seahawks will. But Seattle, I mean, right now, as you look at to it, they are – just out of the playoffs, only Washington is barely creeping in. They have a lot more to play for in my eyes in Kansas City. And Seattle, Geno Smith, like people are figuring out how to stop Geno Smith. But I will still go with Kansas City. Kansas City is a lot better of a team. Seattle is just not the same team that caught everybody off guard, you know, earlier in the year and even two months ago. They've just slowed down defensively. They're not really the same team. You know, bad luck happened to them uh, against San Francisco. They could have came back and won, but some calls and, you know, bad, you know, fake kind of turnovers because they could turn over the football, but they didn't. The penalties, a lot of stuff could have happened, but it didn't. But I still have Kansas City winning this game. Seattle, I'm so sorry, but. You guys are really stuttering right now and sticking in neutral. And I think you could seriously miss this year's playoffs, even though you're going to have a top five pick because Denver's absolute trash. So that's something to look forward to. Yep. Next up, we will go 
to Minnesota, as Christian was kind of alluding to. The Giants-Vikings, a game that I did not think we'd be discussing. Um, but here we are, Giants having a good season. Um, trying to lock up a playoff spot up soon. They will travel to Minnesota. Minnesota just locked the division up, as we mentioned. Um, believe it or not, I'm actually going to pick the Giants. I think the way they... And they haven't played great, but Minnesota, it's a game that I think both teams have definitely shown that they can, they've struggled lately. I mean, the Giants before last week hadn't won a game in over five. They, so they had the win against the Texans. Then they lose two straight, tie against the Commanders, and lose to the Eagles. So they go 0-3-1 in a four-game stretch before beating the Commanders last week. I think they're getting on a winning ways. I think they will pull an upset off. Minnesota, like we said, they at one point they had the, you know, the worst uh, plus minus uh, point differential. Excuse me, for a team that had like nine wins or ten wins, whatever it was at the time, like they're just currently a two point, uh, point differential in their favor. They've lost, you know, eleven to Detroit a few weeks ago. Uh, that black got blasted by the Cowboys. While they have looked good. I mean, you were four and a half trained towards another blowout loss. Like, you could have had, you could have been 10 and four with a horrible point differential. Um, and I don't even trust Daniel Jones. I think Saquon's fine. And I think, I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau, like we saw last week, he was amazing. If he can get a couple sacks down on Kirk Cousins, it's going to be a long day for Cousins and company. So give me the Giants in a bit of a stunner here. On Christmas Eve, I'm going Giants over Vikings. Don, where do you see Giants Vikings landing right now? I'm gonna go with the Vikings. Um, you know, if we would have covered last week's game, I think we all would have taken the Vikings as well. But the Vikings, they I don't know, I don't know what else they have to show you guys. They just overcame a 30, 30 point comeback last week, like 30 plus points, albeit against a Colts, uh, a Colts team, but. I mean, come on, guys! Thirty points—that's that, ridiculous. That's ridiculous. You know they—they've got—they've got a good team. They're playing with great confidence, and I, I'm not sure what else they have to do. Do they have to overcome a forty-point comeback? Like, is that what they have to do this weekend? Like, are, are the Giants going to go up forty points and then the Vikings come back and win the game? Um, I, I you know, Kirk Cousins as. You know him and him and Kevin O'Connell. They're they're on the same play, uh, same page. Um, they're together on things. Speaking of being on the same page, him and Justin Jefferson, Kirk and Justin Jefferson are on the same page as well. Justin Jefferson's having a, ter- a terrific seasons. He's leading the NFL in receiving yards with over sixteen hundred. Or excuse me, yes, sixteen hundred. Um, and you know I, he's putting up. You know he's 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 like putting up good numbers and or terrific numbers actually and is I saw a stat today that you know at this point last year Cooper Cup maybe only had like two or three more yards receiving than Justin Jefferson has now so Justin Jefferson is on pace to he could he could potentially break the receiving record okay and. You know, for that to be broken two years in a row, that would be absolutely ridiculous. I mean, that would be awesome. Um, and, you know, so 
let's 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 not sleep on the Vikings guys. I mean, these guys are they're playing really good football right now. And you know, sometimes they get some adversity or some, you know, some deficits thrown at them, some you know, some things that they got to overcome and they overcome them. Um there's a reason that they won their division this year. There's a reason that they're going to get a playoff spot. And they're obviously a good team. And that's not to say that the Giants aren't either, but I think I trust the Vikings a little bit more, especially at home, than I would the Giants um, when they are playing in Minnesota. And so, yeah, give me the Vikings. Uh, that comeback from last week and their entire season resume as a whole has been nothing short of impressive. All right. Christian, where do you land on Giants-Vikings? On uh, I'm going to land with Minnesota as well. Um, I think even though Minnesota was not the best in the first half, same with the Cincinnati Bengals, Minnesota came back and they conquered what could have been conquered before in Indianapolis Colts with 33-point lead. Um, Kirk Cousins has really kind of stepped into that role of like, okay, I need to show – that I'm a good quarterback because everyone will say, oh, Minnesota is a fluke of a team. They can't, you know, they can't really do it. They're getting by easy and all this other stuff. They won in an impressive fashion. Justin Jefferson is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, probably the best wide receiver right now with a good team. You know, Devontae and Cooper Cup, they're great players. Not the best teams right now. Justin Jefferson and Minnesota – they are looking like a real threat. Um, yes, it's the Indianapolis Colts. Would the Chiefs do it? Would the Bills do it? Would the Eagles do it? Probably not, right? They wouldn't blow a 33-point lead unlike the Jeff Saturday-led Indianapolis Colts. But 33 points is still a lot. They have to score close to you – know, they score five times. You know, they score, if they score five touchdowns and they have to completely stop the Indianapolis Colts on every single offensive possession that they have. That's a tough task to do. And Minnesota did it. They came back, and they won. I still have Minnesota in this game. Kayvon Thibodeau went absolutely berserk. And their offense, you know, the Giants' offense, not the best, but it did enough. And they played a commander's team that their best, their quote-unquote best defensive player hasn't played this entire season than Chase Young. So they really had not much of a great talented defense that we've talked about the last several years because of the injuries that's been going on. And they still only scored 18 points. So I'm going to trust Minnesota to win this game. New York, I'm sorry. But, like, you know, I trust y'all to possibly make a playoff, you know, playoff move. But against Minnesota, I just don't see it. All right, next up, let's go to the 4 o'clock window on Saturday. The Commanders taking on the San Francisco 49ers. And, I mean, San Francisco, they are just, I mean, not skipping a beat. They have now won seven straight games. Brock Purdy, 2-0 as a starting quarterback. The only other quarterback this year to not lose a start any guesses? Have you guys seen that? Who the other quarterback that's two and zero this year is, along with Brock Purdy? Ooh, I feel like I have. Uh, ooh, I don't know. I've not. 
It is none other than Bailey Zappi of the New England Patriots. Oh. Oh, I knew it had something to do with the Patriots. Why else would he mention that stat? Like a backup Carter Minshew type kind of thing. There was no other reason he would have mentioned that stat. It was it was if it was not Patriot involved. That's Good for true. you, Spence. Good for you. Uh, fair, fair enough. There, uh, Carter Minshew may start this weekend for Philadelphia, but we're not discussing Philadelphia um, yet, at least. Uh, but Commanders, 49ers, Brock Purdy, two and zero. As a starter, I, I think they're going to continue the Brock and Roll all night, and they'll be partying all day Christmas Day because I think they'll be winning another game. San Francisco already has a division on lock. Washington needing to win to keep some kind of playoff hope. I mean, they're currently the seventh seed, but a win would do them a lot of justice here. Um, but, yeah, I'm going – it's going to be a Brock party here. I'm going 49ers. They continue it on. Christian McCaffrey, I think, is in for a big day as well for the 49ers. Dalton, how do you see Commanders and Niners going down? I'm going to take the 49ers, you know. as Guys, they just won the NFC West. As my team is in the NFC West. I see them twice a year. I like this team. Is very, very physical. I say it every podcast, every single game we've ever covered for the 49ers, I tell you that they are the most physical team in the NFL. And they beat people up. They're going to beat the living crap out of the commanders. You watch. You watch. Those boys, Trey Greenlaw, um, I, I, uh, like the Fred Warner, the entire linebacking core, We'll see, like, who's going to play Samson Ibukam, um, Armstead, that entire team. They are going to hunt. Okay, Taylor Heineke is on watch, okay? If there's any sort of prayers that you guys want to send to Taylor before the game starts, go ahead and send them up because he's going to need them. I'm dead serious, okay? Uh, Shanahan's going to dial it up. They're at home. There should be no reason that the 49ers lose this game. There should be zero reason. Okay, we're talking about a commander's team that just put up 12 points, excuse me, 20 points against the Giants, albeit a divisional game. But that's also saying, like, the 49ers have the best defense in the NFL. Can I say that? Demeco Ryans is dialing it up defensively, and – I'd be completely floored if he didn't get any head coaching interviews this coming off season. Okay. And so I'm going to take the 49ers, whatever the spread is, take the 49ers. That's my humble advice for the evening. Uh, as I think that they will win this game very handedly. All right, Christian, how do you see the commanders and 49ers game going down? Um, it's going to be 49ers. Um, you know, they, they're riding hot right now. They be to me a better team in Seattle, and they handled them uh, offensively. The Commanders have, you know, they have no offense, so I don't think it's going to be that big of a challenge for a 49ers defense to handle. Um, you know, but Brock, you know, obviously this offensive line has to play well. Uh, defensive line, Jonathan Allen is still a very good player, and he's still a major threat. Uh, against any type of, you know, any quarterback in any offensive line. So I still have the 49ers to win, 
Uh, Brock is on a roll right now. So, you know, I hope he continues to be on that roll and is the first Mr. Irrelevant to win the Super Bowl in your rookie year. Uh, it'd be great. But I will go to San Francisco right now. All righty. Next up, we will f- conclude Eagles-Cowboys. Uh, one thing of note, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, Jalen Hurts currently questionable to play um, this week. Garter Minshew in line to get the start. An interesting uh, career. Obviously, the rookie year for Minshew after, you know, Nick Foles gets injured. Um, you know, 21 touchdowns, six interceptions. He, he was fine that year. Second year in nine games, he had 16 touchdowns, five interceptions. Uh, you know, taking kind of a step back. Last year, he played four games, uh, four touchdowns, one interception. He has played in three games, thrown four passes um, this year. But Minshew not getting the reps that he has in years past when he was, like, in Jacksonville. Um, so Minshew looking to get us started. Again. This is last year of his contract. Uh, his rookie deal, so he'll be set to hit free agency after the year. So this could not only impress Eagles, but, you know, potential QB needy teams, whether it's a backup or, you know, a chance to compete for a starting position. Um, again, I think A.J. Brown, he's fantastic. I think Gardner is good enough to, you know, get A.J. the ball a few times. Um, but I, I'm going to go ride with Dallas. I mean, I know last week they had a tough game. Um with the Jaguars losing overtime two games ago, the Texans, um, you know, played him a lot tighter than people thought was possible. But then again, that fifty-four to nineteen win over the Colts, it's still very impressive. Forty to three win over Minnesota team that just had a great comeback last week. Dallas is legit. They'll be the five seed more than likely. Like I don't think they'll run the table and get the one seed, but I think they will delay the Eagles division title. Um clinching and the one seed clinching for another week. I do I'm going the Cowboys. They are the betting favor right now. Five and a half points at home. I believe they are accounting for the Gardner Minshew effect. As good as Minshew is, I just don't see him going on the road and beating the Cowboys. Give me the Cowboys on Saturday night or afternoon, excuse me. Dolan, how do you see Eagles and Cowboys going down? I'm going to take the Eagles, regardless if Jalen Hurts plays or not. Um, you can call me a Cowboys hater. You can call me whatever you want. I don't care. Um, but I've been saying this all season. I had them preseason making the NFC Championship. This is a stacked roster. I mean, we're talking about a team that had eight, nine Pro Bowlers um, when the rosters were released this week. This is a stacked team, and they're in it to win it. And so, and by it, I mean, I mean the whole thing. Um, And so regardless if Jalen Hurts plays or not, I'm going to take the Eagles and I believe that they'll take care of business and sweep the Cowboys um, this season. All right, Christian, how do you see Eagles and Cowboys going down? Uh, I got Cowboys. Um, I don't think the Cowboys are going to lose their – you know, lose two games in a row and be embarrassed again. Uh, you know, Philly embarrassed them earlier in the year in Philly. Jacksonville embarrassed them. Houston embarrassed them. Dallas has to play for their pride. And they, they're so close. And this is the worst time to play 
your worst football. Right before the playoffs, you know, on Christmas weekend, this is not the time to be pitiful. And with Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts' injury, in my opinion, I think Philly should sit him. Um, if, if the Super Bowl is your – like, if the Super Bowl is the main goal, if the Super Bowl is the main goal, do not risk Jalen Hurts. Don't. Because, yes, this team is really good, but with Gardner Minshew, I think it can be okay. And if you can if you can beat Dallas with Gardner Minshew, then great. Awesome. Don't play Jalen the rest of the year. Wait until that shoulder is fully healed. And when he's in the playoffs, he's going to be at his best. Dallas, I think, is going to win because this is the third straight week. They be they would be embarrassed, you know, twice at home and once away. Dallas doesn't want that. It's America's team, gridiron, all that kind of jazz that Jerry Jones says. That all that all is going to go away, and no one is going to take the Dallas Cowboys seriously going into the playoffs. And that is not what the Cowboys need. So I think the Cowboys are going to take the dub and beat Philadelphia. You know, I still do not think Philly should start Jalen Hurts, should start Gardner. Gardner. Um, if you're not the number one seed right away, you're fine. Yeah, you have a cushion. You have a one-game lead against Minnesota. You already won a tiebreaker after I think week two or week three, so you're good. You don't have to worry about Minnesota right away. Just make sure Jalen is fully is fully healthy going into the playoffs. Start Minshew, and if you win, you win. If you lose, okay, that's all right. You still you still have a I think a two or three game cushion in the NFC East, so. You know, you'll still be fine even if this game is a loss. You're playing your you're still playing great football. Just keep it going. Yep. Also, I I keep every week in Dolphin Tested, I keep forgetting to read the standings ahead of time. I always finish off with the standings, though well, so be it. Last week all three of us went forward one a good week for us. Dalton obviously every single game was the same. Um, overall standings, Dalton still holding on to a three-game lead right now over me. Dalton at 44-30-1. I'm at 41-33-1. Christian, three games behind me, 38-36-1. and one. There's, again, some chance to potentially have a game gained. Uh, no lead will be drastically changed. I mean, Dalton and I have a two games that we picked differently, so maybe I can gain two on Dalton there and get down one. Christian obviously has a couple differences for me um, to where we could maybe have some gains that way. So still, I mean, it's going to be fun. But Dalton basically running away with the regular season title at the very least. Um, but Christian, great to have you back. As always, hopefully we can have you uh, for the stretch run as the playoffs just around the corner uh, there. And anyway, thank you again for listening to Out of Bounds, as always. Always a fun episode. Feel free to give us the follow on wherever you are listening to this podcast. Um, we're available anywhere that you get it. If you're listening, give us a follow, subscription, whatever it is. Uh, feedback if you want to. Feel free to share this podcast with friends and family as well. And as always, I'm Spencer Brown. I'm Don Bishop. Now I'm Christian Ernst. So thanks again for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day.